It's Good Canada, I'm Peyton Smith, and this is The Stew. With Canada's food system continuing to grow and innovate, understanding what information is credible, who to trust, and how to feed ourselves and our families can be incredibly confusing. That's why I'm here, to share relevant information on food topics you care about most with the help of experts. Karen and her husband, Hank, who has always been a dairy farmer, were high school sweethearts. Karen always helped on the farm in her spare time and was inspired and impressed by what dairy farmers do. Eventually, she no longer was able to contain her passion for farming. She jumped in 24-7 life as a dairy farmer and has never looked back. Karen is committed to helping consumers understand the high standards of Canadian dairy farmers and gain confidence in where their dairy products come from. She takes pride in producing a quality product that feeds her family, friends, and community. When she isn't busy farming, Karen spends her time with her husband, four energetic boys, and advocating for Canadian dairy farms. Let's dive in. If you could please introduce yourself, where you're talking to us from, and share your pronouns. So I'm Karen Pirick. I'm from Central Alberta, and my pronouns are she, her. Perfect. Thanks, Karen. And we're so glad to have you on today. And I reached out because we've had several guests on the stew so far to discuss a variety of topics about our food system. But I thought, who better to hear about it from than the farmers themselves, and more specifically, a dairy farmer in your case. And farmers are the ones that actually produce the food on the grocery store shelves, and they're the ones we count on to bring us safe and affordable food every day. For our listeners who might have not had the opportunity to put rubber boots on and walk down the barn aisle, I just wanted to provide them with insights into a Canadian dairy farm, and so that's why we have you, the expert. Um, To get started, how did you first get into the dairy industry? So I grew up in central Alberta. It is a farming community. Um, I had an aunt that was a vet. I had grandparents who actually dairy farms, but I never really felt like it was my thing. I was like, there's so many opportunities in the world. So I actually planned to be a nurse and I was a nurse for many years. But while I was being a nurse, I also met my husband in high school and he was a farmer. He's been a farmer since he was four years old. And I would always help him as something I would do in my spare time or Mm -hmm. when he was busy or anytime, really, I ended up in the barn somehow after work, I would just go (laughs) to the barn and it just became more and more that I realized how amazing dairy farmers are and what they do. And I could no longer hold back. And I decided to jump in 24 seven and haven't looked back since. Very cool. Very cool. And based on, you know, the way you describe yourself, as well as the stereotype of a farmer or a dairy farmer in general, I picture an older person standing in a field with a pitchfork and I self-admittedly do the same thing when I hear the word farmer. So do you think there's a lot of stereotypes with what you do? So, yes, in the past, agriculture has definitely been a male-dominated industry. But when I think about my life, there have been some amazing role models of women in agriculture and what is possible to do when you put your mind to it. Women have the knowledge and the skill set to be farmers. And so I always, every day, remind myself, I have the confidence, I have the passion, and I can be a leader in this ag industry. I want to show women ahead of me of what can be done. Dairy farming, it's, it's a great career to be in. And I would encourage any woman, if they're interested in it, to pursue it. And do you think the farming age is getting younger a little bit and then there's more young people in the industry or? Uh, 
I wouldn't necessarily say that, but I do think that there are young farmers out there. And I think young farmers are really good at collaborating with each other and mm -hmm. seeing the new opportunities in agriculture and reaching out to one another. Technology has also helped that. Back in the day when you were a farmer, you were isolated on your farm by yourself. Right. Yeah. Whereas now we can reach out to other farmers very, very easily and get support that we need. Okay, a simple yet I'm sure extremely complex question. What does a day in the life look like for you? So me and my husband get up at 5.30. It's a quick good morning, honey. And then we're both racing to the barn to do certain things. So he goes and he starts feeding the cows right away. So they'll have fresh food first thing in the morning. And I go to the barn and check our, uh, check our technology. So we have monitors on each of the cows and they monitor the eating, the walking or inactivity of the cow, as well as how much it's ruminating. So digesting its food. This helps me to easily identify what cow needs extra attention, um, what needs a full head to hoof assessment, what we really need to do to plan our day to make sure every animal is taken care of. So that's kind of the bulk of our morning. From there, we have all sorts of types of day work. So milking, putting fresh straw in the barn, feeding calves, treating cows, that's kind of our basic barn work. And then I also chunk off my days. So to make sure that we get everything done in the day, it's always good that we prioritize certain areas as well as we always schedule in or try to schedule in at least an hour for some of those things like emails or working with farm consultants or running right. to town for supplies. And then I am a mom. I, I am <laughs> a wife. I'm a person, not just a farmer. So I always try to prioritize our mental health on the farm too. And I try to exercise for 20 minutes and spend 20 minutes um, growing deeper in my faith, as well as taking breaks to spend some time with my kids, even if that's just playing Monopoly at night. <laughs> All those little things definitely make sense. And like you said, you're not just a farmer. You're this whole person that has other responsibilities too. Um, to dive back into the first part of your question or your answer, you mentioned that you have monitors on the cows. What do those look like? Like, is it like a dog collar? That's what I'm picturing. But what does it look yeah. like? So each cow has, it's a neck band. It's kind of like a necklace. And on okay. there, there's two different types of, we call them, they're transponders or activity monitors. And okay. so they're um, small pieces of plastic and they just kind of hang like a bead on a necklace. It's like a neck band. And those tell us, the one is for our milking system. So when the cow milks, we know exactly the time she was milked, the exact to the second, how long it took for her to be milked, how much she gave as well as then all of the things I talked about, the walking, the ruminating, all of these things. Tech is amazing, and we've been able to adapt it on our farm to just help us be better farmers in general. Okay, so to build on that, I asked you what your day looks like, and this may sound like a very interesting way to phrase the question, but I want our listeners to be able to visualize the farm. So if I were a cow in the barn, what would my day today life look like? So cow life is 24-7. I love that whenever 
anything is happening in life, whether it seems big or small, you can walk into that barn and it just feels calm and peaceful and happy. So at any time, the cows are walking around in the barn and there are stalls, their cow beds, and they can lay down whenever they want. They have access to 24-7 fresh, clean drinking water and they have 24-7 access to food. I always call the barn the cow palace because <laughs> if you want to be in the best place, you can be for a cow that is our barn we have curtains that automatically go up and down based on temperature and wind so then that way our air quality is always the best in the barn um we also so that's kind of the general of what the cows are doing is, is they're just going around eating drinking laying down visiting with their friends it's cool to see which cows like each other as well as then we do milk three times a day so three times a day a cow will go onto our rotary which is our milking system it's like a giant merry-go-round and the cow steps on and we hook up the milking unit to it. The cow spins once around the merry-go-round or the rotary. It takes about five to seven minutes for the cow to milk. They step off and they go back to living the best life in the cow palace. Very cool. Now I've heard about robots milking cows. You guys do have that or is that different? No. So there's different ways of milking um, systems. You can have a robot. So that's um, this system that's set up and the cow walks into it whenever they want. They get milked automatically. The robot hooks the milking unit up to them and then they walk out. Um, ours is the merry-go-round. So we have set times. We milk at 5.30, 1.30 and 9 every day where the cow comes in, milks for the five to seven minutes and then leaves. Or you can also have something called a herringbone um, or stanchion parlor where the cow will walk in. But instead of spinning on a deck, they walk in and they line up. It's crazy, but they do. They line up and they all get the milking unit on them. And then they, walk, then they walk out just in a line too. So there's benefits to everything. It's just like with cars, you can have different makes and you can have different models. And it's kind of consumer preference. Dairy farming has different milking systems and it's consumer preference and what's available in your area. So how many cows do you guys milk every day? So we milk about 400 cows every day. So that's just the cows that are milking. There's lots of times on the farm that cows aren't milking. They're in their dry period or they're still too young to be milking. So they're a calf or they're a heifer. Got it. And so three times a day, 400 cows each. How long mm -hmm. does it take you to get them through the merry-go-round every time? So each cow will walk on and then they kind of walk into the area where the milking parlor is. They walk on, they do the spin, and then they walk off. Um, from the start of the first cow to the last cow, it takes us about two hours. So it's quite fast. That's the benefit of having a rotary. Very cool. Okay, interesting. So we all know that good nutrition helps us be healthy as humans, but what do the cows actually eat to make them happy and healthy and able to produce milk for us? So I'm in central Alberta. That's different out in Ontario, and that can be different in the Maritimes. Okay. Um, but we have a feed wagon, so I like to think about it as a giant salad bowl essentially and we put all the ingredients in and we mix it up so the majority of our diet in central alberta is corn barley and alfalfa grass and that's made into silages so we harvest it in the summer and the 
fall. Mm -hmm. Um, We preserve it in these big piles and pits, and then we cover it with plastic or saran wrap kind of idea, and it ferments in there. It stays good all year round because in central Alberta, we have winter and it is harsh, (laughs) and you do not get feed off the field during that time. So we need to have a good pantry, you could call it, or supply for the rest of the year. Um, then after we've put those big forages in, which is a huge part of the diet, we put some types of grains in there like barley or corn, as well as we use some byproducts, um, such as wheat distillers. So cows can use these things as an energy source that they actually would otherwise go to a landfill. It's kind of like a recycling system. Oh, that very they use. Cool. Okay. So that's something that we really like because we're using something that otherwise would be discarded. Um, and then the last thing that goes in is a supplement. So just like I take a multivitamin every day, cows need minerals and vitamins, and that goes straight into their feed ration and gets mixed up in there too. Very cool. Okay. So with your background in nursing, like you mentioned before, has that come in handy around the farm or the cows good patients whenever you have to do something <laughs> medical with them? Uh, I would say yes. So the background of nursing definitely gave me a great basis to start with. Uh, Cows are definitely different than humans, though. Absolutely. Um, There's certain positives and there's certain negatives to that. Um, What I love about on our farm is we have what's called a hospital pen and a hospital parlor. So it's actually a separate area. So just like with humans, you go to the hospital to have a baby. Uh, you go to the hospital if you feel sick. It's the same with cows. So after they've had a calf, they've calved, they go into our hospital pen and we keep them there for at least three days to make sure that they feel good and they've recovered well after calving, as well as if any animal is sick, just like my kids get sick and I either give them Tylenol or I have to take them to see a doctor, the cows have the same thing. Sometimes they get sick for some reason, we assess them completely head to hoof and we decide what they need. If that's a medication, if that's giving my veterinarian a call to say, hey, this is what's going on with the cow. What do you think? What I love, because I used to be an operating room nurse, is if my cow, I generally am pretty confident that I know what's going on with cows because I've gotten good at assessing them. Yeah. But say the cow needs surgery and I call the vet and I say, this cow isn't doing well. That vet can show up within 30 minutes. If it's a, if it's a truly an emergency, they can assess, diagnose, actually perform the surgery and have the cow recovering in less than two hours. I've seen it done and it is amazing. That's very cool. So like, what would be an example of something they need surgery for? So cows have more than one stomach. So sometimes what can happen is they can have a twisted stomach um, and then the, the vet actually has to operate on them, open them up, untwist their stomach, and then they can suture it back up and the cow can go back to being normal. Very interesting. So, okay, when all these procedures get done, let's say you give them antibiotics or like the equivalent to Tylenol and things like that, how does that work from a milking perspective? Do they get removed from the herd or how does that work so that we don't have those antibiotics in our milk? Yes. So I'm I'm so happy you asked that question because <laughs> when we give antibiotics, we cannot ship that milk. It is not good for human consumption. That's why we have a special hospital parlor and hospital area. If you don't have that on your farm, what you do is, is you have um, a bucket and you hook it up to the bucket and it gets milk straight in there and then dumped down the drain. Because for example, if I gave an antibiotic like penicillin to one of my cows, it has a five-day milk withhold for four or five days, depending on what type of 
antibiotic it is. Right. So the milk is discarded for the, that many days. On our farm, we actually test for these antibiotics called an inhibitor testing. So mm -hmm. we'll test to make sure that that milk is all done, that the withdrawal period has been completely um, met. And then only after that, then we will ship or we'll milk the cow into our bulk tank. So our big milk tank where they come and pick the milk up from. And then it gets tested at the plant and it gets tested from the milk truck and it's tested in multiple ways to make sure that no consumer would ever get milk that has antibiotics in it. Very cool. I mean, it makes sense when I get sick, when your kids get sick, we get antibiotics and that doesn't mean, you know, we can't continue on with our lives after that set of antibiotics is done. And it's the same thing, thing for the cows. They get sick, they get their antibiotics. Once they're done with it, they can go back to their regular lives and it doesn't affect their milk quality moving forward. Mm -hmm. So it's not, this might be a tough question. It's not a secret that many Canadians are turning to dairy alternatives like oat milk and almond milk. And one of the reasons can be environmental concerns. And we all know that every single alternative has their own set of environmental issues, just as every system does. So can you guys share what you're doing on the farm as to what is most important when you're stewards of the land? Um, so when you talk about land, I always go straight away to soil health. So okay. we really care about our soil. Healthy soil produces better crops and more like luscious crops, essentially. Right. So by us taking better care of our soil, we actually benefit. So it's a win-win in this situation. Certain things that we're doing to improve soil health is our cows produce manure. What we do with this manure is, is we actually use it because it's an organic fertilizer on mm -hmm. our soil. We um, incorporate it in using cultivation um, or harrowing it into the soil and it improves organic matter in our soil. So an agrologist actually comes out, we test our soil twice a year to see what are the nutrients in the soil, how can we improve the soil, and what are we doing to make sure that it's going to be the best place to be growing our crops. Mm -hmm. um, so that's kind of on our soil aspect of what we do. Another thing, just environmentally wise, is Dairy Farmers of Canada has set the goal to be net zero by 2050. I don't know exactly how that's going to happen, but what I what I do know is I'm excited to participate in reaching these goals. So we're getting emails now and of ways that, as a farmer, I'm not an expert in, in environmental, um, all the environmental things that you can do, but we're working with experts to make sure that it is actually happening. Very cool. Okay, so... I guess maybe this is a really basic question, but how does it actually work? How does the milk get picked up at your farm from the cows and then make it into sour cream or my favorite ice cream or the cream in my coffee in the morning? Um, so the milk on our farm gets picked up every other day. So some farms get picked up once a day. Some farms get picked up every other day. It's hauled straight to the processing plant where they make your favorite dairy products. Then it's delivered to consumers. So it is a very quick process. Um, one thing I love is that Canada has a quota system which matches supply to demand. And there's many okay. benefits to the system, but one of the big benefits is reduces waste. We only produce on our farm what's needed by the processors to supply the consumers. So it's directly whatever's in our tank goes straight to the processors and then it's processed and then goes straight to the consumers. Interesting. So that's a really short timeline. Mm-hmm. Very cool. Okay. 
So when I go into the grocery store, I notice there's a little blue cow logo on some dairy products. And while they're really cute and they're great to have on there, they must do something. Can you explain that? And should I be picking those products? Yeah. So I'm sure our listeners are familiar with the little blue cow. It's usually in blue and white, has a picture of the cow and says dairy farmers of Canada, quality milk in both English and French. Sometimes it's in black and white, but it means that the dairy products that have this label on it was made using milk produced by Canadian dairy farmers. That guarantees that the milk was made using the safest, highest quality that it could possibly have. And it means that that milk was made under the National Assurance Program called ProAction. So that's something that all dairy farmers across Canada follow. It has six components. Um, The components are milk quality, food safety, animal care, traceability, biosecurity, and environment. It means that Canadian dairy farmers are always following the highest standards in the world, and it can give consumers confidence in Canadian dairy. As a mom and a consumer, honestly, I go to the grocery store and I'm tired from a long day of work and I have my kids running around. And in reality, it's there's so many food choices when you go to the grocery store and you want to make the best decision for your family, for yourself. I love the blue cow because it means when I walk in that grocery store, I can see the blue cow, pick it off the shelf, and I know I've made a good choice for my family and it was very easy. So all products that have the blue cow are completely 100% dairy, but we do have some products in our grocery stores that may have dairy products from, from, I'm assuming, the U.S. or a different country. Is that correct? Yes. Okay, cool. So we should definitely be supporting that little blue cow. It's cute, but we should definitely be looking for it from a um, local perspective as well as we know that those really high standards are upheld. Mm-hmm. So, okay, one last final question, something I ask every guest on the stew And it can be related to what we talked about today, but it doesn't necessarily have to be. If you could have the ears of every Canadian, what do you wish they knew about the Canadian food system? Oh, so probably the main thing would be farmers want the best for our animals and for our land. When Mm -hmm. our animals and our land are taken care of, it produces better, which benefits everybody and everything involved. And Canadians really thrive when they have Canadian dairy. Very cool. So we should take pride in knowing that, you know, the happier and the healthier the cows are, the better milk they produce, which provides more profit for you and provides a better product for us as consumers. 100%. Our farm motto is always healthy is happy. The cows are healthy and they're happy. That's all that matters. Very cool. Okay. Well, thank you so much for your time, Karen. Hopefully our listeners can picture what it actually looks like to be a dairy cow in Canada and how important the sector is within the Canadian food system. So thank you and have a great day. That was a great episode with Karen. It's amazing to hear how she's advocating for young professionals as well as women within the agriculture industry and especially the dairy sector. In addition, if I were a cow, I would definitely want to be living in her barns. It sounds like it's a great time. They're super comfy and happy all of the time. If you're new to the stew, be sure to check out our previous episodes and tune in next week for our latest episode.